No, yeah, 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 yeah. Leave meeting. Let's see. I'm going to put you guys in a full-on gallery view. <laughs> yeah, so I'm, I'm at the church because my power goes back on, teases me for a little while, and then it goes back off. Man. Oh, that's not good. Nope. It sounds like it's happening to Laura too, so it must be our end of town. It must be the it must be the people in that that rough neighborhood of Chapin. Or what's your neighborhood, Irmo? I'm I, I'm on this side of Chapin. I'm I'm in Irma. I'm in Ballantyne. You're in Ballantyne. So we're special. I'm straight up coming at you from Columbia, the two nine two one two. Look at Ray. Ray's from straight up Irmo, baby. Yeah, man, we 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 doing it over here in Irmo. <laughs> Surfside, baby, Surfside. Eastlake Community Church is an intentional, multicultural community empowered by the Holy Spirit. We passionately pursue a loving relationship with God and everyone Jesus was sent to die for, here, near, and far. We are rolling in podcast episode <laughs> number 22. That's right. This is the one. We got Rob back in the hot seat back, because back. he's been gone for. Did you miss two podcasts or one? I Rob? missed two weeks, but one podcast. Oh, that's right. okay. Yeah. Well, we're glad you're back, but don't mess anything up, Rob. I will. <laughs> we're, we're real people. Yep. But hey, listen, guys. Ray had a great message on Sunday. We're still in a series on Sundays called Foolish, and it's a series going through Proverbs. And if you're wondering if this is something you need to hear, well, you just do, because we all need to be making steps towards wisdom. It makes us better people. Yep. But, you know, I, I like to kind of just get to know you guys a little bit more. And I feel like people listening like to hear stories of like personal stuff. And uh, one of the cool things Ray talked about on Sunday was he said, and this was kind of towards the beginning of the message. He was like, how many of you, if you had just one more day with somebody who's passed on, mm. wouldn't you change the conversation with them or, or something to that effect? You said something like that, right, Ray? Yeah. That, well, I mean, would you want more time with them? Yeah. So it made me think, I'd love to ask you guys, has there been anybody in your life that you're just like, yeah, I'd love to have another day. And here's the things that I'd love to talk to them about. Um, I know I'm opening a big can of worms, but I know that there's definitely people in my life that I feel that way about. But what about you guys? Well, if you know my story, some of you who have been around for shorter periods of time than others might not, um, I had an extremely broken relationship with my parents in the last years of their life. Um, unfortunately, mostly because of the color of my son, just being real. Um, that caused all the tension and uh, led to some other things. I, I would love, if I couldn't get both of them, I would love just an hour with my dad to make sure that he knew something I tried to communicate to both of them, especially him, more times, every time that I had an opportunity to make sure he knew that despite all of that, I loved him. Yeah. Like for him to know that he knew it, you know, cause he died a pretty lonely man from everything I know. I was able to go to his funeral um, I was not able to go to my mom's funeral because I was told not to come. Um, so I went to my dad's um, and honored in, in honor of both of them. And my sister had saved my mom's burial. She had been cremated until my dad passed so that I could be present, which was really thoughtful. Wow. Um, but if I could go back and just have an hour with my dad to make sure that he knew, even in that last hour of his life, 
that despite everything that had happened, my love for him never stopped. Yeah. You know, and, and that would be just a gift for me. Uh, I'm holding out hope that that can happen in heaven. Um, he made a profession of faith to a few people. Um, God knows. Um, but that hour would be like gold to me. Yeah. I thought of that as soon as you brought that up, Rick. <laughs> you know, funny, we don't have to think that hard to go right there. <laughs> yep. Mine would be the same um, with my dad. Uh, we were able to reconcile our relationship um, six months before he would later pass unexpectedly. And um, he had had plans to come and spend time with me and my family that very next month. So he had, he made it three more weeks. Um, he would have spent my 38th or 9th birthday with me or whatever. And, and so that would have been awesome, um, especially after spending 25 plus years being estranged from each other. So, wow. yeah. Wow. This is heavy, guys. <laughs> Sorry, but <laughs> this is a heavy question. <laughs> I don't have much of an answer. Um, my, I guess my grandma on my mom's side, but um, I haven't really, uh, my dad's mom uh, passed away. She lived up in Iowa. I didn't know her too well. And I knew my mom's mom a lot better. And when she passed away, I had just left to go on tour with the band when I was on tour. And so I couldn't like stop or come home or something. So I really, and I'm kind of nervous about this. I haven't really experienced much like loss in my life. And so my, my first loss, hopefully that I will experience is probably gonna be my own parents. So <laughs> it's gonna be tough, you know, cause I haven't yeah. experienced a whole lot of loss. Um, it would be neat, I think, to my, my mom's dad died, I think, a few months before I was born, maybe a year before I was born or something like that. Um, mm -hmm. So it would be neat to be able to, like, spend some time with him and meet him. But yeah, that's cool. I am probably the most, well, I shouldn't say the most interesting, but my grandmother on Kristen's side, so technically Kristen's grandmother, she lived to be into her 80s. And I just, I don't know, that lady had some wisdom in the way she cared for people. She, you know, she took care of her husband who had Alzheimer's early onset. And she just seen some things. I mean, when you get her to tell you stories of her growing up and like, it's just crazy, the things she'd experienced in her life and raising her kids, raising grandkids. And she was just a solid person her whole life. And so I think just one more day, but what I would do with her is I would just record all those stories. I just say, tell me about growing up in Oklahoma. Tell me about, and I just record them all just because there's just so many cool, cool stories that she lived through and uh, she loved people really well. So that's you know, mine. Philip, my grandmother was an icon in her community. Yeah. And they actually did an interview with her on the local Channel 9 or KTC. Yeah. In South Carolina's SCE TV, I think. Um, they did an interview on her and she told, she just told stories. <laughs> and it, I mean, we have it now, it's on a VHS and it needs to be, of course, put onto something more lasting than yeah. that, uh, that videotape. But um, 
yeah, I, I would have loved for my grandmother to have seen me now because yeah. I remember being nine or 10 years old in her house and making fun of church. <clears throat> I made fun of church and church people because I thought they were weird and smelled and all type of stuff. <laughs> and I remember her turning to me and said, the Lord is going to get you. And one day you're going to be a pastor. And I was like, no, he's not. No, I'm not. And so for her to see this now would be amazing. <laughs> the Lord's going to get you. Ray, you must have spent time in the junior high ministry if they all smelled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which, by the way, Rob, I walked into the into the the student ministry last night dodgeball game, which was looking like it was epic. By the way, it was epic. It was epic. the smell was epic. Oh, like, it was its own thing. We could bottle it and sell it. <laughs> Absolutely, you could sell it as like gag. Yeah. yeah, there you go. What, what would you call it, Rob? Teen spirit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, no, no, no. Ode to student ministry. Ode, yeah. Yeah, ode, yeah, ode to middle schoolers because it's primarily up to about ninth grade. Then they find the girls and they start putting the stuff on their bodies. So. Yeah, <laughs> it's crazy. I love it. Hey, on a lighter level, so so well. Let me get to a little bit of like of meat here too. So really, like if I could sum up a lot of the message, it was really there's there's only two paths. There's only two paths in this life. And this is kind of what we've all kind of been hitting on through this whole series. And right now, it is so popular to feel like you're creating your own path. We feel like we're quote, woke, like you're, you know, the younger generation coming up is kind of like, and they, you know, they just don't know what we know. And, you know, we're woke and we, we have a different understanding that these previous generations didn't. And therefore I can, and, and it's, it's popular to create your own path. It's actually encouraged. I mean, how does that, how does that make you guys feel? <laughs> does it scare you or, you know, tiresome? I think I think we should clarify like there's part of the choose your own path which is like even in Christianity like God calls each person to different works and ministries and times and seasons like by yeah. creating your own path we're not saying everyone has to do the exact same thing no. but the own like your own path meaning like your own beliefs and your own like values and ethics and what's right and what's wrong and how should I live my life in this bigger kind of yeah, I think that's that's good, Dawson, because I think that there's some power in the young people today. What I like about what you just brought up, Philip, the part of it that I like is I see an energy and a passion to do something with their lives. So I, yeah. I want to affirm that. Well, being terrified, you know, working in student ministry for as long as I have, more so than ever in the last five years, seeing this, I'm going to create my own truth thing. And that's the one that worries me. That that That's the, the, the own path talk that I think is leading so many away from the, the solid biblical truth. So if we can harness the passion behind create my own path and put that into submission to Jesus on the right path, I'm all for it. But trying to help them see the difference between those two things is super critical. And it's not just teenagers. I mean, adults are doing it too. It's, it's oh, our yeah. culture. Well, and, and so I think that's a good point too, Rob, about submission to Jesus versus my own path. The question is, is, um, is a question of authority, you know, and am yeah. I under an authority or do yeah. I have the ultimate authority to decide everything for myself? That's so right. Those mm -hmm. are kind of like the, the two paths. Yeah. Yeah. 
the the world was made with with what well, was made by God and he has this right way to live it we don't get to choose how the best way to live it we we don't get to run off of our emotions our emotions have us I mean we're just a mess if we go off of what we feel is right man what feels right is like 10,000 calories a day feels right you know ice cream after every meal feels right like I'm just going the food route but like we can't go off of what feels right we have to go off of what is truth what is right that's right yeah so that's a that one to me it just penetrates through all of this series of just like we have to submit to God's authority in his ways all the and his ways are the best but just like working out isn't fun I got a tetanus shot yesterday my gosh that that was horrible it's not fun to get a tetanus shot but it's good for me it's the right way it's the right thing for me yeah. you know and, and God knows what's right for us and it's not always the most fun and I like to have fun but yeah, no, were you, you saying something, Ray? Did I interrupt you? I was just saying that the beauty in God's creation is that he made sure to articulate to us that there's just two ways to do this thing called life. Yeah. My way or the other way. You can call it whatever you want. You can call it you're creating your own path. You can call it the way of, wick of wickedness, of folly, whatever way you want to call it. There's my way. Remember, I'm, I'm the one that created the world. God created all things. And of course, he has a way in which these things are to operate, us included. Mm -hmm. We can either operate in the flow of order that he's created, or we're going to find ourselves constantly, the Bible says, kicking against the goads. <laughs> goads are where these sharp sticks or poles that they were using to poke at oxen to get them to go a particular direction. So imagine you kicking with your bare foot, this sharp stick, because you don't want to go the way that God is trying to direct us. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, you're bludgeoning yourself. Yeah. And that's really what we're, what we do when we tell God, no, I, I think I'm going to do this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And that's a major theme throughout the entire Bible. You know, these themes, these literary narrative themes yeah. are something that I'm, I'm learning more about and recognizing more and more. But I mean, it's on the first pages. Like that's, that's Genesis yeah. 3 is God says, here's the way. I've given you all this stuff. Don't eat from this one tree. And then the serpent comes to the woman and was like, are you sure that's the only way? And then the woman's like, hey, I, I think I do want to try this other way. And then when God, when God asks the man, or when God tells the man, because you listen to the voice of your wife, the listen to the voice of is like this Hebrew way of saying, because you obeyed her word instead of mine. So it's not, you shouldn't listen to your wife. It's that you listen, you, you obeyed a different way other than the way I told you. Yeah. And so it's literally that theme over and over and over and over and over. It's repeated in the Cain and Abel story. It's repeated over and over those two ways, God's way and every other way. Jonah, I need you to go this way. Right. Uh, no, I'm gonna go this way. 
Oh, the Israel, the Israelites over and over again, every time God's like, okay, you're back in order. We got you lined up. You're fine. And then they go, oh, oh, but let's try this. And then mm-hmm. they split. And it, it was just, it is so great. You know, Phil, if you hit something and it's in this theme, this idea, we can't trust our feelings. And I'm going to talk about this week, this week in the sermon. So I'm not going to say much about it, but on the real factor, like we were mm-hmm. talking earlier, um, do you know how many times I would have quit ministry? If I had gone with my feelings because of how hard ministry is, I'm just being real. Oh, I would you know have. What? God will never, I, he has made it clear to me that he is not pushing me out of ministry. And so even when it would feel good to run into a cave and close the door and go, okay, I'm going to go work at Home Depot now, which is nothing wrong with working at Home Depot, but I want to go work at Home Depot now because if I go there, all I got to do is punch the clock and go home and I can leave all this foolishness behind me. Um, I, I would have done that if I had trust my path because my emotions take over and it's like, you know what, I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and the cool thing is when you get on God's path, it, it's not straight all the time, but it sure is secure. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it sure is secure. It feels weird. You're climbing up weird mountains. You know, you feel like you're taking a turn that doesn't make any sense, but you can trust that turn. You mm-hmm. can't trust your own turn. You're going to fall right off into the goalie. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Every time. Yeah. It, it's it's really interesting too because the way of folly does not always is not it almost actually rarely looks bad it's not like the fruit that adam and eve when they ate from that tree whatever they ate um american people would like to think it's an apple but we don't really know that that was an apple but anyways whatever it was that they ate, it wasn't like satan tempted them to eat a bunch of nails like obviously this is horrible for you <laughs> I'm sure the fruit that they ate was like, this feels good. And so we can't go off of this feels good too. You know, like you can't trust yourself. You really have to, you have to connect to God, which goes back to the sermon that I, I preach is like, you have to stay connected to God. And that's how you know you're on the path is that connection with him, which I love. So, okay, let's have a little bit of fun. So Ray, you were talking about your game uh, that you played in 1983, represent it for the 80s that's right ray and so i gotta know what was you guys what was your what was your video game growing up um what was your go-to what was your favorite mm. <laughs> what age? that's a what good age? question because all of these are gamers that's yeah. funny what so what what age are you talking like i just want i mean clarity. so for me i'll give like, mine for, for example like i couldn't college. i could not wait to get for my parents to go to work because that meant I could go across the street to my neighbor's house because they had the Nintendo, like the real Nintendo, before I did. And it had on it um, um, Mortal Kombat. And I feel like my parents would not have let me have Mortal Kombat because it had bloody stuff in it. And I could not wait to go maybe across the street. NES. Maybe Sega or Super Nintendo. Or I something. think I, I had think the Nintendo and my neighbor across the street had Super NES and I did oh, it. That's yeah. what it was. I was still wow. playing Mario and Duck Hunt, but across the street, man, they had Mortal Kombat with the, with the like, get over here. get over here. <laughs> and that was my game. I could not wait. What about you guys? All right. I'm going to yeah. do two, two. Oh, go ahead, Dawson. Oh, no. I mean, yeah. So I had the the original NES, you know, I can't remember. I mean, I, I love all the games. I remember playing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game over and over on NES. In fact, Rob, in student ministry room, 
one of your arcade machines has a game that I yeah. loved. Uh, I think on NES it was called Hostage. I don't know if it still is on that machine, but I discovered it on that machine the other day. So a lot it. of them on there. There's uh -huh. a lot on there. But like Super Nintendo, I think was was the one that like really captured me. I mean, I can't even pick one game. You know, there were <laughs> so many good ones on Super Nintendo. Okay, I'm going all the way back. I'm going to go all the way back to sixth grade which we're talking 1981, 82 oh. maybe? Your ColecoVision. Oh, dude, Atari and ColecoVision, but I'm not even going there. In television? I'm going, I'm going to what I used to get to play in my special class. At the end of the day, I got selected as a sixth I grader. I, and I got to play. What do you, what, what do you, what do you think it is? We were going Trail. It was Oregon Trail. Oregon Not Trail. I, would, I got dysentery so many times, I didn't know what to do. And when I was at home, I'm like you, Philip. We didn't have an Atari because that's what we had in my day at the beginning. But my neighbor did, and I would go over and play that 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 horrible version of Pac-Man that was that big rectangle that wasn't really Pac-Man at all, and it would just go around in the street. You'd go around and eat all this stuff. That, those were the two, my sixth and seventh grade years of life. Hey, check this out. This is the first game I remember playing. <laughs> oh yes, Pitfall. It yes, was, uh, Pitfall. It's Jungle something on Commodore 64. Uh, That's the first game I remember playing. I don't want to do anything the rest of this day but play this game. I played that. At, you know where I played that? I played that at, at the arcade. Oh, wow. I dropped quarters in the machine to play that game. Uh, <laughs> I think it was so much. That and Cubert. Oh, yeah. Cubert. I like Cubert. Oh, man. I love it. Well, I, I'm I'm not a big gamer now, but when I was a kid, man, I was loving that stuff. Really, whenever I stopped was whenever my kids got old enough to beat me in every game. Were you any of you guys Zelda fans? I like Zelda. Zelda was okay. I was even playing Zelda in college. I don't know how I had the time, but I've played Zelda in college. Kristen would get the book. We went to Hastings. Did we have Hastings over here? Kristen would get the walkthrough book that was the assistant and she'd sit behind me beside me because we were married and I'd be playing and she'd be like I don't know I think you should go this way and she would like help me oh my gosh life That's is love. crazy love right now now I gotta say it real quick since you brought up college the college game was non-stop tech mobile and just be Bo Jackson and run the ball I do oh, love yeah. that's all you did <laughs> Bo Jackson run the ball you beat him every time did you guys do knockout yeah Mike Tyson's knockout. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, that was another one. Oh man. Anyways, okay, back to something worthwhile, guys. <laughs> back to something worthwhile. Now, who brought um, that up? <laughs> yeah. So I. So one of the things that that uh, the scripture describes was uh, the proverb described was this idea that folly, that the the other path, the people on the other path. Are, are, are looking for revenge and it goes it says it in a bunch of different ways but basically like sitting there with revenge in their heart looking for ways to take somebody out and I I don't even know that I really have a question here to ask you guys but I would just love to discuss this I I have found in my life as I've gotten older this was actually affirming for me right a lot of times when I hear sermons I'm like oh man I'm gonna need to do better but this one is one that I've actually seen in my life that I'm not looking for revenge anymore as much as I used to. 
um, which is like, whoa, I might be on the right path. <laughs> but a funny story for you guys. So I have this wagon. It's called the Gorilla Cart. This thing's amazing. And um, I got it at Home Depot, I think. And I took it up to where our little coffee house is at. And we use it to carry the signs out and put along the street. Somebody stole my wagon. Somebody out there stole my wagon. It's like a $150 wagon. I know. That's what I would have thought, Dawson, but I'm not in revenge mode anymore. And guess what? I started looking for one on Facebook Marketplace because I don't want to pay $150 again. One showed up. It was all spray painted. And it looked like somebody had stolen it. Call and like, police. why would you spray paint over the logo? And yesterday, after I got my head split open by the wall and get my staples in, I make an appointment to go get this wagon because I'm like, it's $70 is what they're selling it for. And I mean, I'm like, is this my person? And I made the decision. I'm going to buy it from them no matter what, but I just want to see them. I want to look them in the eye. Are you guys totally, this is amazing, right? <laughs> wow. Wow. So yesterday after I dropped my kids off, which I dropped them off a little bit early for youth so I could get over and meet this person and here's the thing i don't know if it was my wagon or not but it's like all jacked up like they spray painted the wheels why would anybody spray paint the wheels of a wagon but as i was listening to this sermon this morning i'm and i can't tell because they like intentionally what i think is they could have intentionally scratched it up rubbed the logo off fresh spray paint on the wheels the handles missing like they took the handle off and i'm like but I don't know, but the first thought in my heart, this is a good sign. But the first thought in my heart was maybe I should just give them more money. Like they clearly need it more than me. And then, but I don't know. How do you guys feel about this whole revenge thing? <laughs> or no, how do you I mean, feel about my wagon? Do you think it was stolen? I'm not for my, go ahead, Ray, go ahead. I'll say this, cause I didn't explicitly bring this out on Sunday. And I thank you for just doing it. That is, a, that, I mean, we've all been on this path before where we have wanted to t have revenge on somebody that has hurt us or someone that was really close to us. And we literally laid in bed trying to figure out how am I going to do it? Yeah. And, and I, I think it's a, I think it's really cool when we have been done wrong and especially all four of us are pastors. And so people will come for us regularly. Mm -hmm. Yep. When we can, can think and pray a blessing for them versus figure out how am I going to own them mm -hmm. or how I'm going to get them back or make them feel the way they've made me feel or the, my family member, that's a clear demarcation that, hey, when, when you can let that go and really pray God's will for them, that nothing ill would befall them and et cetera, et cetera, that, that is saying something that you're on a different path because right. the way of the world says, get back and get even. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah. so talk about like what's underneath it. And you said it there at the end, Ray, like I've been in situations where I've been the victim and so your instinct is to take your power back. 
And so there's this thing in, in sociology, well, and maybe it's logic and mathematics, but a zero sum game, a zero sum game is where there's a limited number of resources. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so let's say there's 10, you know, for me to have five and you to have five, you know, the sum is zero, right? And so if I get eight, that means you have two and there's a limited number of resources. So I've got to fight to get mine. And that necessarily means taking from you, right? And so um, <clears throat> this revenge thing and this taking the power back is like something's been taken from me. And so I want to take back from, I, if I can't get it from you, I'll get it from somebody else. And I'm going to take for myself versus what the, what the, yeah. the path of wisdom and God's way is. No, like you said, Philip, no, I'll, I'll give. Mm -hmm. You can have it. And that's fine. Yeah. And if you I'm left with zero, too, then like, like, okay. And that's the, that's the attitude shift from I'm going to take for myself. What can I get for myself? And, and that I, I feel like is almost what's underlying those passages that you read, Ray. It's yeah. like my thought all the time is how can I get for myself? versus the the Christ follower is about how can I pour out myself and be left with nothing at the end. Yeah, that's so key because, you know, I wouldn't say that it, there are days where my feet are not firmly on that path, but I can tell you just like you, Philip, um, I started to realize a change in me in that when I realized the first time somebody really hurt me bad and my first place that God took me was their pain, not mine. Mm -hmm. What's how their pain caused it, not my pain. And, and, and yeah, I mean, there's still the fleshly desire kind of thing to, to, to want to do it. Let's be really clear with people out there that are thinking it is not necessarily evil to have that initial instinct that you have. It's what do you do with it? Do you submit it immediately? Because because I'm not saying it's a good thing, but I don't want people to be guilt ridden and be like, you know, the first time somebody did that to me, I felt like I wanted to hit him back. But did you hit him back? Because if you didn't hit him back, that's the one degree change that you, that you need to be on. Because that's how God gets a hold of us and starts to change our thinking is when somebody legitimately, and, and let's be honest, sometimes people legitimately hurt us. Mm -hmm. When somebody legitimately hurts you and you are able to go to a place of acknowledging that and immediately, as Ray said, pray about it and immediately think about, man, why are they hurting so bad that they felt the need to punch me right now? Mm -hmm. You know, and all that. It's like when you bought back your, your, your thing, because you bought your thing back. I just <laughs> feel it in my soul. When you did that, I, a decision was made that could have eternal benefit for that person because yeah. there's grace that's been given whether they feel it or not on the surface and i think that the core is when we start to think grace over mm -hmm. revenge that's that's a demarcation line yeah it was crazy man and, and her it, w it was time to leave and her van wouldn't start and I was like, oh, Lord, you're really not going to make me sit here and help her with her van. Tell me you're not going to make me sit here and help her with this van. And it started up and there was a part of me was like, OK, God, thank you. Because <laughs> also me and Kristen were starving. I just had staples put in my head. You know, I was just kind of like, let's let's get this show on the road here. Um, but anyways, it, it, it's interesting. It, it really is interesting how. God's just kind of leading us through this stuff and teaching us along the way. But man, <clears throat> and you know, what's interesting is I, I don't like, she, she really like needed that more than me, whoever, whatever's going on in her life. She needed that more than me. So whatever she can have it, but yeah. Okay. Last thing. Do we still have time? I hope people are still online with us. Psalm one, one through six, Ray, you hit this. And I thought it was really good. Let me read it. It said, blessed is the one who, who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take 
or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season. I love that. Like a tree planted by streams of water and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do, it prospers. Not so with the wicked. They're like chaff that blows, uh, that the wind blows away. They're Therefore, the wicked will not stand in judgment or sinner or nor sinners in the assembly of righteous. Anyways, uh, the thing that I saw in that when you were preaching on it, Ray, was this idea of this tree that's planted right by the streams of water. And that's that connection to God. When you have that connection, because a sermon series like this, if you're not careful, can let us kind of wonder all the time, like, are we in the right path? Are we in the wrong path? Where am I at? And really the root of it is, are you connected to God? Are you talking to God? And do you guys agree with that? I mean, have you experienced that? Yeah, I I think our connectedness to his word, to him, and to community is critical to our uh, growth and development in him. And so this tree, of course, when it come, when I think about this tree, um, I had Blake Roddy over yesterday to look at some trees on my property. And um, he was telling me about, you know, certain types of trees. And he said, this tree that you wanna cut down I understand why you want to cut it down, but I want you to know that it is a very healthy, happy tree. <laughs> Bob Ross. It's the Philip of Trees. Bob Ross reference. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and he said, even because of the soil, particularly in the Irmo Valentine area, he said, trees will generally, their roots will come to the surface because the soil is made primarily out of sand and clay. And so the roots come to the surface to get their nutrients, that their trees are resilient. Mm -hmm. And so when I think, when I'm not, now when I look at this tree that my wife wants to take down, <laughs> I think about the fact that he's talking about how much this tree benefits, not just me, but the neighbor next to me with shade, and how it's just helpful for the whole ecosystem. And so for believers that are rooted and planted, whether they're in a hard place where there's not a lot of water beneath the surface, if you stay rooted and planted, your roots, God build your roots. They are resilient. They're going to get the water that they need to sustain themselves. And so this blessed person that's that person. If, if they're planted in a church that is really struggling right now, but they remain rooted, God is going to provide Amen. for that tree. And remember the landscape of where this is written in. You know, it's a dry, arid landscape. Yes. I mean, it's not to say that there aren't pockets of like lush greenery and stuff around there, right. but like Hebrew has, has multiple words for like streams, rivers, and one of the words is specifically for canals, 
like man-made <laughs> irrigation systems. And the other is a word for streams that only happen like in the rainy season. And the rest of the year, they're just completely dry riverbeds, yeah. right? So this is the environment we're talking about. They have two specific words for like these other types of streams for their, you know, their environment. And so this tree is planted right by a stream because, you know, a couple hundred yards off, you know, there it's hard no bueno. to survive, you know, so right. this tree right. has what it needs right by it, you know, this little oasis. It makes me think of the first words of Psalm 23, you know, the Lord is my shepherd. I will not be, I will not lack anything, <clears throat> you know? And so like I, right now, I got plenty of things I want, but I don't have any needs. I'm blessed. Like my needs are met. I got plenty of things that could be better. I could be making more money. I could be this, that, and the other thing, but I don't have any needs. And I think we find, generally speaking, you know, when we follow the Lord, that even when we go through those hard times, uh, what changes is my perspective of, of my wants versus my needs. And I find that even in those times, my, my needs are still met, even if he may have some needs, medical needs, financial needs, that he says, I'm going to, I'm going to like ask you to walk on a little bit of a tightrope here, you know, yeah. but, um, but that's yeah. what it makes me think of, like, I'm in this desert, but I'm planted right by the stream. So my needs are met. Yeah good you agree rob i do i don't have anything else to add because yeah, you know, i love i love that image that you shared ray about you know how it's healthy for the ecosystem and it's something that uh, my two pastors ago at the church i was at he he loved trees and he did it kind of as a hobby he he, he had the best trees in him and he told me one time healthy trees lead to more healthy trees in 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 the forest around them so a healthy tree um, in an area will, will make it more likely that the trees around it become healthy if it's the right kind of tree. There are some trees that will sap the energy out of other trees and kill them off. There are other trees, which is why maple trees are so hardy from what he told me. I could be dead wrong. And my he trees are maple. Maple trees. He said the reason Vermont maple syrup and people have these great maple groves is maple trees share well with other trees. Mm. And, and so to think about that concept within the concept of being a healthy Christian tree in our communities. You know, if we're healthy Christian trees, we're sharing well with others in terms of the hope of Jesus. This is good, man. I got a little horticulture lesson in here. That could be dead wrong. He could have lied to me for 10 years. I think our podcast, but I think he's right. I'm renaming our podcast today. You guys ready for this? Hebrew and horticulture. I guarantee you it's available. I'm buying the domain right now. Hang on, guys. <laughs> There's a reason it's available. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys are awesome. <laughs> I can't take I can't be I can't be friends with you guys anymore. No. All right. So let's let's shut it down and these people need to go to bed. It's past their bedtime. They need to go to bed. And we have other things we have to do. Dawson needs to go study Hebrew. Rob's going to go plant some maple trees, <clears throat> you know. All right. So we, we love all of you guys, and thanks for tuning in. See you later. Peace. East Lake Community Church is an intentional, multicultural community empowered by the Holy Spirit. We passionately pursue a loving relationship with God and everyone Jesus was sent to die for, here, near, and far.